Father God, thank you so much for your precious word, God. Lord, I pray you take it this morning, God. I pray you take this message, God. I pray you would speak to your people, Father God. I pray starting with me, would you speak to me, God, and would you speak through me, Father. I pray you'd set aside all worldliness, all iniquity, all problems, God. I pray you'd remove everything from everybody in this place, God, for a few minutes, Father. May we just sit down and meditate in your presence, God. I thank you for being here in the midst, God. I pray, Lord, that you do what only you can do. Would you speak to every soul in this room right now, God? How you can take one message and speak it 400 different ways, God, to all different people, God. I pray that this message accomplish the purpose for which it's sent. God, I pray you'd help me, Father. And Lord, I pray you'd move in this place. Help us to be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you like visuals? You visual learners? Anybody visual learners? Um, y'all know I'm pretty much a little more of an expository type preacher. I like to take a passage and I like to break down a passage and I don't, I don't really get a lot of, of examples. Paul Hutchins has an incredible gift to be able to think up all these illustrations and, and use things. And to be honest, I already had, well, I thought I already had Sunday morning's message written. And, and God gave me another one. I studied one Friday, one Saturday. But in it, there, there, there's an illustration, but, but in it, I have to introduce you to somebody. Y'all know my, my dad's here, my sister's here, and y'all know my other sister's in Alaska. My wife is here. My, my daughter, she's asleep. She works 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. She's in the middle of an eight-day run of eight nights in a row. And my, my son is here, and my, and my daughter that married my son, that could be taken. We're too close to Alabama. My, she is my daughter because she married my son. <laughs> um. Or, or here, but, but I, I need to introduce y'all to another member of the family. You got, you got a picture. They need to meet somebody this morning. That's Bentley. Y'all, y'all, need to, y'all, need, y'all need to meet Bentley. His name is Bentley Cash. Bentley is our dog. He, um, well, I don't know. We may be his humans. I'm not sure. You can take that down. Everybody's going to keep looking at that. They're not going to listen to me. If you look at the reality that we're the ones that does all the work and pays all the bills and he sits around and gets treated like royalty, we're probably his humans. But for the purpose of the message, we're going to call him our dog. Is that okay with everybody? Amen. We, um, th- this message is honestly, it's like a lot of messages that I preach. I don't need notes for this message. This is, this is some things that happen in my life. There's things we can do, but I'm going to stick to the notes for your benefit because when I stick to notes, I stay more on point and we're a lot closer to get out of here before 2 o'clock. And I don't want the spaghetti to get cold, so I'm, I'm going to try to stay with just kind of what God has given me over life. But, but Bentley's a dog that, that we chose Bentley. We, we found breeders, we, we looked, and, and we found some different. Matter of fact, you got that next picture? We found a picture on the Internet. This is a picture we found. That was at the breeder's house. I don't know why he's a white dog now. That's what he looked like when we got him. Um, just, just a little bitty, but, but we, we found him and, and taught him. And so we... We went and got Bentley. You know, if nobody ever claims a dog, then a dog is just a stray. Yes. You know, a dog's just out in the cold, out in the environment. They, they, don't, they don't have a father. They don't have anything. They don't have anybody to take care of them. But Bentley is, is a dog that, that we chose. He, he's part of the family. I know some of you know what I'm talking about. We, we paid a price for Bentley. We went and paid. I, I know Larry and Sylvia, they've got their little dogs. They understand what I'm talking about. Richard and Dawn, I don't... Richard, Don, where y'all? Y'all here? Linda Moods? I don't see them. They had their little dog with them yesterday. I got to meet the little dog. Some of you, y'all, y'all got dogs. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They rule the roost. Yes, they, they, they become a, a part of the family, a very, a very important.
important link to, to the ones that own him. He, he is special because he, he's our dog. Because we paid the price to have him, therefore he is our responsibility. It's our job to, to make sure that he has a house. It's our job to make sure that he has food. It's our job to make sure that he has water. It's our job to, to make sure that when he gets sick, we, we take him to a doctor. It's our job to make sure he gets all of his shots and things that he has to have every year. I mean, the, the bottom line is he is our responsibility. But because we paid the price to have him, he is our responsibility. Now, Bentley is never hungry, but you can't convince him of that. Bentley has got food in his bowl all the time. He's not one of those that just inhales his food. He'll stop by and eat a little bit. Actually, he'll take out three or four pieces, lay them on the floor, and eat them one at a time. And he'll do that for a little bit. So he always has food in his bowl. So he, if he's ever hungry, it's his own fault. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He, 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 never, he never needs anything. But even though he's not hungry, when we go to the table, anybody know where he's at? Yeah. If you don't pay no attention, he's sitting by somebody else. They don't pay no attention by somebody. But, but it don't take but just a minute. If somebody ain't paying no attention, he start patting you on the leg. Oh. Hey, hey, I'm down here. That don't last very long. He starts getting up on the hind legs, patting a little higher. Then he starts digging with them toenails. Like a parent. Don't he, Amanda? Poor Amanda. He, he loves her to death. He, he tells every time she comes, you must, she must feed him too much or something. But he's going to let you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down here. And um, I, I want somebody to give me something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So he, even though he, he's not hungry. And, and even though he doesn't need anything, he keeps on sitting around the table asking for something. You know, we've got more food in the house than that little dog could ever eat. If you gave it all to him right now, there's no way he could consume all of it. A lot of it would run, but in his lifetime, I don't know if that little bitty dog could eat all that's in there. But we don't give him everything that's in there at one time. We give him sufficient for the day. We give him what he needs today. Yes. But on top of what he needs in terms of his food bowl, we give him little treats. We give him little stuff that he wants, you know, kind of little prizes above and beyond the norm. Just like God isn't going to give you more than likely everything that he has that is available to you all at one time today. Most of us could not be trusted with a million dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. Most of us this morning wouldn't be here with a million dollars in the bank. It's summertime. You know, we'll catch it back up in the fall when school starts back and we, and we can't go on vacation. Most of us couldn't stand for God to give us everything that he plans for us to have at one time. God will give you everything you need every day. Amen. You say, man, I just wish I had a million dollars. You've had more than a million dollars. Take a look at it. Back up in your life and look at what God's blessed you with. Look at the bills you paid. Look at the car payments you made. Look at the power bills. Look at the groceries. Look at the things, even what your parents put into you when you're small. Look, look at your life and you'll right, realize that, that God's ran more than a million dollars through you. There's some people in here that has had several million dollars run through their hands, run through their life by the hand of God, but not all at one time. 
Because you can't handle it all at one time. But every single day when you need something and you have to have it on that day, God's there on that day to give you what you need. God's been more than good to us. Sometimes Bentley, he sits there and he, and he wants things, but, but they're not good for him. It's crazy. He can be in there in his bed sound asleep, and you can crack open a pantry door. I mean, he can be dreaming. Y'all dogs dream and kind of get to whimpering and barking, look like they're chasing something. He can be down for the count dreaming, and you can crack the refrigerator. He's right there. Now, we don't give Bentley everything he wants because everything he wants is not good for him. See, they say, and I'm going by what they say, and I assure you Bentley would beg to, to argue with this. They say chocolate's bad for a dog. Our dogs didn't ever know that growing up, did they? I don't know how they ever lived. And we gave them whatever we had. They, they even say that chocolate can be fatal to a dog, especially these small breeds, these little toy breeds. So I'm not going to give Bentley chocolate, even though he's going to beg the same for it as he is for everything that I have. He's going to beg the same way, but I'm not going to give it to him because I know it's not good for him. He don't know that. It's going to be good to his taste buds. I mean, it's chocolate for Pete's sake. It's going to be good to his taste buds. He's going to like it, but it may harm him. There are some things in your life you think you have to have. There are some things in your life that you pray for. You need to thank God for some unanswered prayers. You need to thank God for some things he never gave you. You look back at times in your life, and you can say right now, thank you, God, that you did not answer to my stupidity. I was asking for stuff that would have led me down the wrong road, took me to bad places, left me desolate. Thank you, God, for not listening to me. God can't give you everything that you ask for because some of it just ain't good for you. God takes care of us. Sometimes God's just not going to give us that stuff that, that he knows would, would take us down the wrong road. Behold, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. We might be called sons of God. Would you deliberately give your child something that was bad for him? If your child was begging you for, for something and, and you knew they had some kind of problem that that would make it bad, would you give them something that you knew was bad for them? Behold what manner of love. God has adopted you and I through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are in the family. We, we are children of the living God. It is God who clothes us. It is God who feeds us. It is God who woke me up this morning. It is God who put breath in my lungs. It is God who gave us a car to get here this morning. It is God who protects us. It is God who heals us. It's God that provides our every single need. Many times, even though we aren't hungry, God gives us something anyway. As long as it's not bad for us, he lets us have those little treats. You know, I know Bentley's sitting down there. I know he ain't hungry. He's got plenty of food, but, but if he begs long enough, you know what you're going to do? And that's going to last about that long. He's back on your leg. I mean, you're a greedy joker, man. He, and, and he probably bothered because you're greedy. You got a whole steak, and you gave him a little piece of fat, and you call him greedy. 
probably a good thing they can't, they can't talk back. But, but just because we keep on touching God on the leg, keep on asking him. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the what? The desires of thine heart. Not necessarily what you need. Just something that you want. Just because you ask him. God lets us have this, this, this stuff because he loves us. Even though sometimes we're not hungry, if we just, if we just keep on sitting on our knees around the table. Anybody awake in here? We just stay on our face around the table. And the master hands us something from the master's table just because we ask for it. Those of you got a little dog, y'all know what I'm talking about. We, we, we love our little dog. There, there ain't much I wouldn't do for my little dog. But I wouldn't die for him intentionally. Now, I might would die, but it wouldn't be on purpose. I mean, if a big dog was after him, it's me and that big dog. Coyote gets after my little dog, it's me and the coyote. The fight's on, but you understand I'm fighting to kill that big dog. I ain't planning on dying right there. God loved me so much that he died for me came here just to die. So see, even though I love him, I don't love him enough to deliberately die for him. How much more would Christ do for you and I? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Jesus told a parable that's recorded in the book of Matthew and also in Luke. But we're going to look at it in Luke chapter 15. If she put that up, Luke chapter 15, verse number 4, it says... What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which was lost until he find it? When he has found it, he left it on his shoulders rejoicing. And he cometh home and he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Well, we learned something. Monday, July the 4th, 2016. Bentley's scared of bad weather. Anybody got a little dog that's scared of thunder, scared of loud noises, scared of fireworks? Bentley's scared of some fireworks. I just didn't know how scared. I carried him out in the yard. It's right about dark. and <laughs> He wanted to go back in the house every time he'd get around a bush, you know, and get ready to do his business. A firework would go off, and he'd start to run. I'd say, ah, get back out here. Get out here, and you're going to bathroom before we go back in the house. He'd get sniff around. You know, you know, I don't want a dog got to sniff everywhere before they go to the bathroom. I don't even want to, I don't want to sniff what's in there. But anyway, he, and, and they get and the firework off. He's starting to run. He said, get, get back out here. Well, I could tell he was really getting nervous. So, so I, I needed to take him to the house. So I started toward the house when the firework went off, and Bentley took off running. And I said, Bentley, uh-uh, in the house, in the house, because we don't ever go that way. And he comes back, and I'm almost to the front door, and he's coming. We're going to be, and when the big fireworks went off, Man, he just took off in a blitz. Gone. Wide open, as hard as he could run. He was just disappeared. I ran down in the backyard. I'm looking around the pool everywhere. Bentley's gone. I ran back in the house, and I, I grabbed a pair of shoes and a flashlight. I said, right at dark, and Robin said, what's wrong? I said, Bentley's gone. Ran out there looking for him, couldn't find him. I, I went back in the house a minute, and so she come out there. I got her a flashlight. I took the golf cart. Man, I'm all out in the pasture in the fields. It's 250 yards, maybe a little further over to the wood line. We, we looked way into the night for Bentley. He's gone. Figured we'll never see him again. We, we looked for him till, man, I don't even know, sometime late, late, way into the night. And we went in and we sat down in the two recliners there in the living room in the den, and, and we sat there all night in those two chairs, just devastated. 
That little dog was gone. Got up next morning about daylight, and I went out, and I, I looked for him everywhere I could, trying to find him. And, and we have staff meetings on Tuesday. That's why I know it was a Monday. I had to leave to go to the staff meeting. I got to the staff meeting, and I, I'm trying to concentrate on the staff meeting, but I'm just devastated. One, it's my fault because I knew he was scared, and I, and I should have took him in sooner. And I, you know, I grew up with labs. Labs aren't like these stupid little toy dogs. I'm sorry. They don't freak out over stuff. They're just smart, and they just do what they're told. So after the staff meeting, I was thinking, okay, all the fireworks were up here, and Bentley ran that way. There was a few fireworks that way. There was a couple that way. There wasn't any fireworks that way. And every time they run, he's running from the fireworks. And as he went that way, there's about a 200-acre block of wood that goes down West Point Lakes behind it, Jandell Drive. That block of woods is the only real chance I've got of finding him. So I, I came home from the staff meeting, and, you know, Larry and Sylvia, they, they had come out, and, and they, they were coming in from the woods on the other side they were going to come in and look for our dog and Dale had come in and parked from the other side up toward Jandale Drive and he was coming down into that patch of woods that little dog didn't mean anything to them but Robin and I do some of y'all get that people around you love you and and, and they'll do things just because it's important to you just like God does the desires of thine heart. So they, they come into the woods. They're going to hunt our little dog. We, we didn't particularly know that at the time. But here's the deal. I got the house. Robinson, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready to go look for Bentley. It is thundering. I mean, it is a vicious, vicious storm. Thundering, lightning, cracking, popping off. The rain's just getting there. And, and Robin said, I'm going with you. <laughs> Baby, it's storming outside. I mean, it's lightning. We, we're talking about city girl. We are Green Acres. Those of you my age, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Green Acres is a place to be. Farm living is life for me. See, y'all, that is us. I pulled her right out of the city. She says, I'm leaving my home. I'm leaving safety. I'm leaving everything I know because my dog's out there. Man, it got to storming, it's lightning, it's cracking off, and we are soaking wet. We're looking for Bentley. And it gets to raining so hard. We were about probably 150 feet apart, about as far as the walls of this church, you know, just where we could see each other, maybe not quite that far, see each other in the woods and, and making paths through these woods. And it's, it's raining so hard, I can't see her. I had to get closer just to be able to see her, and I'm, I'm yelling to her to try to get her attention. It's raining so hard, she can't even hear me. But those of us outside, we, we kind of learned how to get out of stuff. I had scoped us out a tree that wasn't as tall as the rest of them, so maybe the lightning wouldn't hit it, but it had a good canopy. And you get up under those, it creates an umbrella. I had to go get her and say, hey, we got to get out of this for a minute. I mean, it's just torrential pouring, lightning cracking off. And we stood up, so I said, you know, hey, when, when it stops, we're going we're gonna to go right on down here, and then we'll drop down. We're almost to the end of the property over toward Mr. Gene Fryer's place, and we'll drop down to the core property. And we'll come back up, keep that same distance. So we kind of had a plan. The rain let up a little bit, and, and we dropped down, and we, we were calling. And, I, you know, I wasn't sure if he could hear it or not because there's still a lot of mist and a lot of water falling out of the trees. And I got to a point that I looked and was ready to turn and go back, and this was going to be our last pass across the bottom. We headed back toward the house. And Robin, when I turned, I'm already headed back. She's still standing there looking off down in the woods, and she says, Donald, there he is. I turn, and I'm looking, and I want it to be true, but, but it ain't. I can't see him nowhere. So I, 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 I ran over where she was. She says, he's just standing there. I said, he's running. She says, no, he's just standing there. And I'm thinking, 
That probably ain't my dog she's seeing. You know, you see all kinds of stuff out in the woods. But, but the truth is there was a little lane. I had to lean over and look right down that lane. And there he stood looking at us. Shoo. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was a happy time. But, you know, you know, something happened right then. And when I think back on it, it reminds me a lot of my salvation. I took one step toward him. And he came running toward me. <laughs> one day Christ came into a storm looking for me. I was living in a storm. Anybody living in a storm when you got saved? Anybody living in a disaster? Anybody living in a mess? God came into a storm looking for me. And, and I took one step. And Christ came running towards me. He come running up to us and I picked him up and I'm, I'm about to get killed, y'all. But it's going to be worth it. We, um, we, we got Bentley and, and picked him up, and immediately we, we knelt down right there. Man, we had a praise meeting. <laughs> we were shouting. I ain't never really heard her shout. I grew up in Pentecostal church. She grew up Southern Baptist. <laughs> she can shout. Do not be deceived. Hey. She can, she can thank God with the best of them. We had Bentley back. We were looking for a needle in a haystack. Us and everybody around us knew that we had almost a 0% chance of finding that dog, especially alive. How in the world the coyotes didn't eat him that night, I don't know. He's a little bitty nothing. He'd barely even be a rabbit meal for him. But how in the world he got through? But he come running. Here we have him. So, man, we have a praise meeting right there in the woods. We had a time. We got up, and I said, we need to let everybody know we found him. So Robin had mud and leaves and spider webs all over. Look at her shaking her head. I'm going to do it. I am. I'm sorry. We're eating in the gym today. I will at least get to eat one more meal. You, you put, put that next picture up. Don't put it up a real long time. Come on. Okay, that's enough. Take it down. Take it down. Take it down. Take it, take it down. She paid a price for that little dog. She ain't never been in an, in an environment that uncomfortable. Christ died for you and I. He looked way worse than that hanging on that cross. He came for me and he came for you. We, we carried him home. We, we cleaned him up a little bit. I might as well go and get killed by both of them. Katie had to work last night anyway. After we got him bathed and washed and cleaned up a little bit, Katie was devastated. She came in from work that next morning. We told her Bentley's gone, so she had to work the next night. So we woke her up. So we had to go ahead and go into the next one. Right out of bed. Okay, that's enough of that one, too. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I got to go home with her. <laughs> he had over 150 ticks on him. How in the world, man? I don't know what he ran through. He was covered up with him. We had to take him to the vet. But, but the bottom line is we, we left the safety of our home. We went out in a storm. Jesus said, would you not leave the 90 and 9 and go look for the one? But, but he said when you find it, 
He said, when you find it, verse number five, we read it. When he hath found it, he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. But verse number seven, he, he went on to say, that I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Listen, all you got to do is take one step toward Jesus Christ. He will run to where you are. And there is great rejoicing in heaven because that which was lost, his son, that he came, that he died on Calvary's cross for, that he paid their sin debt, that son has come home, and all of heaven rejoiced on the day you got saved. Anybody remember that day? Y'all hang on to that day. We ain't through. We ain't through. I, I will tell you this. If you're in there this morning, you ain't never been saved. If you're watching on live stream, if you're watching on television, you pay attention to the rest of the story. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I have no doubt that in spite of all the rain that somehow Bentley heard our voice and he came just close enough that we could barely see him and God had to have directed her eyes to see that little bitty spot out in the middle of all those woods. I told you Bentley's terrified of bad weather. I have no idea what he'd been through that night. He was out there in that storm and all the fireworks going on all night and all, all that was there. All I know is that by the grace of God, God protected that little dog during the night. And God guided us back to where he was. It's a miracle. If you see anything else in that, you're not seeing the hand of God. I'm sorry. It's an absolute miracle. On the day I got saved, I had, I had all kind of stuff going on in my life. There, there was noises going on, storms going on, rain falling. There, there was distractions from the world. There was things pulling in every direction. But, but yet out of all the noise, one little still small voice. Said, you know you need to be saved. You know I died for you. You know you don't have to go to hell. You know I paid the price. All you got to do is trust me. One little still small voice that I heard over everything. Psalms chapter 40 goes on, verse number 2 in the Bible. It says that he brought me up also out of an horrible pit. Phew. Out of the miry clay. And set my feet upon a rock. And established my goings. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I mean, Bentley, we found him. He's soaking wet and filthy. He's scared to death from shaking. There was absolutely nothing that Bentley could do about his circumstances. Y'all understand what I'm telling you? There was nothing he could do to better his situation. There was nothing he could do to get out from where he was. But we came to him. The only thing he could do was, was run to us when we got there. I, I, whatever you're going through this morning, I don't, I don't know what your battle is. I don't know what your storm is. I don't know what your troubles, I don't know what your trials, but I do know if you'll take one step towards him, he'll run to you. He'll come to where you are. You may be in a situation. You can't do anything about your situation. You try. There's no way to get out of it. He can. We took Bentley home and cleaned him up and had him in a warm towel and got all the Burrs and sticks and tangles and all the junk out of his hair, trying to get him cleaned up, got him some food. Um, he wasn't none too hungry. He was still scared, but, but we held him till he, till he stopped shaking. You know, in other words, we got all of his dirt off. We, we got all of his tangles out. We, we got rid of all of his hunger. We got rid of all of his fears. We, we, we got rid of all of his needs, just like Jesus did for me. He began washing my dirt off. You know, we still have to wash Bentley from time to time because he still gets dirty from time to time. Just like Jesus still keeps on washing me from time to time. 
that would keep on getting dirty from time to time. Jesus removed all of my trash, all of my debris, all of my burdens, all of my failures. He removed all of my past. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. He took everything away, all, all of the garbage. And all of heaven rejoiced because he ran to me. And I came home. I'm just using me because I don't have your testimony. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says in verse number 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But Jesus came to where you were. But you have been, you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He, he came looking for me. He came looking for you. He, he came to rescue you, to find you. He left his house. He left everything in glory to come here to find you. Psalms chapter 40, it goes on there. Verse number 3 says, He has put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Man, Bentley's still afraid of bad weather. We, we had a storm come up about a week and a half ago. And, and, and Bentley sits with Robin 90, 95% of the time. He, he always sits with her. But when the weather gets bad, he's, he's coming to daddy. It's storming. It's lightning cracking off, pouring down rain. I'm studying, man. I got stuff to do. Uh, I got Bibles and books, and I'm sitting typing. And he's digging on my leg. Stop it, Bentley. Stop it. It's thunder. You know, they can tell when it's coming. They start digging on your leg before you ever start hearing the thunder. Man, I'm starting putting stuff. He's up. Stop, Bentley, stop. Robin said, go sit with your mom. Go over there. I picked him up and carried him over there. Sat him down. You stay. You stay right there. Stay right there. I get back over. I ain't, I ain't got sat down good. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm studying. Uh, uh, I'm doing my stuff. You know, I got my glasses. I'm, I'm typing away. And he goes back digging on my leg. So the storm got to getting pretty bad. Show them the next picture. Robin took this picture. No, back up. That, that, no, that's okay. Go forward. Yeah. That, 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 that was, do, do that Georgia one again just so we can see that bulldog G. That looks good, don't it? That's Bentley after we got him cleaned up. Now go back, go back to that other one. All he wanted was, was somebody to hold him real tight. And, and, and nobody else will do it. Now, here's the deal. I didn't have time for that. Yeah, I made time. Because he kept on digging, because he kept on scratching, because he kept on wanting something, I stopped what I was doing to do that, and I held him till the storm passed by. You can take that down. God ain't never too busy to pick you up. God ain't never told me, go on, go find your mama. God, 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 ain't, God ain't never told me, stop. I'm too busy right now. If, if you're just willing to come to him, God will hold you. Whatever your storm is, God will hold you till the storm passes by. He, he'll hold you tight. You have to hold Bentley tight. He'll be shaking like a leaf. But there's something about that, that compression, that holding, that will make him stop shaking and he feels more secure. But you got to hold him till it stops thundering. God will hold you as long as you need to be held. We just don't want to take time to sit in his lap. 
We, we just want him, God, just make the storm go away. I don't have time to sit with you. I don't have time to sit. I just want you to make the storm go away, and I'll be fine. Sometimes God says, you need to go through this storm. If you'll sit right here, I'll hold you while you go through the storm. Mm, thank you, Jesus. God's so much better. Too many times, we, we as Christians... We get saved, but we don't really realize the power that we have. I, I know most of you probably heard it before. If I stay with these notes, we're not going to get out of here by 1 o'clock. Yeah, I know most of you probably heard it before, but, but they, they, they train elephants for the circus. And what they do with those elephants is, is they, they need to put them outside when they're not using them. And, and so they need to, y'all seen them out there, they drive the big stake in the ground and they put the shackle on their ankle. And, and, and they're chained to the stake in the ground. And that's where it's on the back foot and that's where the elephant, he'll, he'll pull and, and he'll stand right there. He, he's tied to that stake because of that shackle. The way they teach that elephant to do that is when that elephant's a little baby. They take a chain that's way too big for that baby elephant to break. And they put that shackle on that baby elephant's ankle. And, and they put it to a stake that he absolutely cannot pull out of the ground. And he pulls and tries and tugs. He does everything he can in his power to try to. Whew. To try to overcome a burden. To try to overcome a stronghold. To, to try to overcome something that has a grip on your life. He tries everything he can with all of his might. And what he learns is that he cannot break it. He does not have the power to break it because he's too small. Yes. And he lives the rest of his life believing that. Now he's a full-grown elephant. This is an animal that can take a tree and, with his trunk and pull it up by the roots and throw it into the air. This is an animal that can pull a truck. This is an animal that could easily break the chain. An animal that could easily pull up the stake. An animal that could easily get away from the tie that binds him. But he believes because he was taught when he was young that he cannot break it. So he's bound by the burden because in his mind he's defeated. Too many Christians are living over here. We got saved and we had all of our noise and all of our baggage and all of our burdens and all of our garbage. We had all of our habits that we wanted to break. We had filthy language. We had drinking problems. We had drug problems. We had whatever yours was. You had pornography. You had literature. You had whatever your problem was. And you got saved and, and all of a sudden you, you're trying to get out of it. But the devil put some chains on you and he put some clamps on you. And before you know it, you're looking at your phone and there it is again. You go, well, I'll just look at it one more time. Before you know it, you, you go by and you smell cigarette smoke. I, just got, I wanted to quit smoking, but I just got to have another one. I'm not telling you cigarettes will send you to hell. Y'all don't get off on that. I'm telling you, you got habits that you want to quit. Whether it's drinking, whatever you got. And you tried, but you could not break the chain because you were young. You didn't know much about Scripture. You never had to go through a lot of trials. You'd never been through a lot of tests. You weren't strong in your faith. You hadn't seen God deliver you from a storm. You hadn't seen God bring you from the trials. You hadn't seen God provide miracles in your life. You're weak in it. And so you realize you can't get out. Some of you now, you've been saved for years. And every time you want to get up off that pew... Every time we need volunteer help in the church, every time we want to do a ministry, every time we do a judgment journey sign-up sheet, 
Every time we need help working in the yard sale, every time we want people to join the choir, every time we need somebody to help with VBS, every time we need something going on right here, and, and you think, I think I'll get up, I think I'll help, I'm going to get off the pew, and the devil says, mm-mm-mm-mm, you stay right here, and you're bound, because as an early Christian, you thought you couldn't defeat the devil, but there's a problem. You are so much stronger than you know now. There's a spiritual giant living inside of you. There's a spirit that can overcome mountains. There's a spirit inside of you that can break chains. There's a spirit inside of you that can pull up strongholds, that can move mountains, that can part the Red Sea. There's a spirit inside of you that is stronger than your greatest weakness. There's a spirit inside of you that can overcome all your fears and all your failures and all your trials, all your troubles. Yes. The devil clamps that shackle on. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You sit back down on a pew for another Sunday morning. So many Christians today are still bound. But can I tell you, Christ came and found us in the woods. He, he, he rescued us from, from where we were, but a lot of Christians have never realized the power that comes with your salvation. Christ in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that liveth in the world. Greater, greater, greater. There's a power inside of us. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ. Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live uh, in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God. There's a power inside of you and I. But the devil, every time you want to get up, he tugs that little chain. Mm -mm, a chain you could easily break. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Bound by the illusion and bound by the deception of Satan. Christians are sitting on pews, being unused by the hand of God. Many, many Christians are just defeated by their past. It's our own past that the devil uses against us. That's what he renders you as useless and reminds you that you're no good in the hand of God. Amen? The, the, the devil understands that if you ever realize the potential that lies inside of you, he is defeated forever. The devil knows that if you ever realize the power of Christ that is living inside of you, the devil is a defeated foe. You, you have a power now to, to overcome obstacles, to, to, to break the chains, to remove the strongholds in your life. And the devil knows if you ever figure that out, he has nothing for you anymore. You become a powerhouse in the hand of God. Amen? You have a power within you. A power within you. And there's a little dog on, on Hillcrest Road. That little dog owns everything I own. He ain't never worked a day in his life. Seems unfair and unjust to me. He, he has everything that we have, and he ain't never paid a dime for none of it. But it's all his because it's ours, and he's in the house. Amen? He has all the power, all the protection, all the goods. All the room, he lives in the same square footage that we live. He has everything, he, all the food that's available. If it's there, it is his. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Romans eight seventeen says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. 
as a child of God, we are joint heirs with Christ. If it belongs to God, it belongs to us. And we ain't never paid a dime for it. If it belongs to the Father, it belongs to the children, not because of our works, lest any man should boast, but because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Amen? Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 28, he said, after he said, my sheep hear my voice, down in verse 28, he said, that I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. That means that you are one with God in Christ. Behold what manner of love. <laughs> You're bigger than your problems. You're stronger than your storm. In, in, in Christ, you, you, you are greater than the mountain that stands before you. You're braver than the valley that you're walking in. In Christ, you are able to overcome everything that binds you. For the children of God, in Christ, there are no chains that can hold you down. If you're willing to realize the power of Christ that lives within you. If you've never accepted Christ, you were bound by the demons of hell. You were lost because of what Adam did. But you don't have to be there. There is a power that has overcome, and there is a God that has come looking for you. He come out in your storm. If you are lost right now, can I tell you, you're on your way to hell if you've never trusted Christ. But in the midst of your storm, in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of what you're facing, in the middle of what you're going through, the God of heaven stepped out in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and came in the middle of your storm looking for you. And what you're hearing right now in the midst of all your noise and all your trouble and all your storm, what you're hearing right now is the still, small voice of God that's louder than your greatest storm. It's God that's calling you. Could I, could I get y'all to stand with me this morning? Some of if you got some burdens and some chains that's still binding you, you need to come claim the power of God that's in you. You need to ask God to help you overcome those chains, break those chains, overcome the burdens. You need to ask God to give you the strength. I am immovable rock, omnipotent, powerful, awesome Lord. Anybody ever tried conquering a habit before? And it just keeps creeping its way back into your life? Anybody ever tried overcoming something that the world keeps offering you before? And it just keeps creeping back into your world? Anybody ever walked away something and thought it was done and, and, and just a few months later, there it stands right in front of you. The devil conveniently put it right back in your path and you can't figure out how to get around it. Don't walk out of here this morning with any chains still attached to you. Don't, 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 don't let the devil put a shackle on your ankle and make you think you're defeated by a weaker foe. Your God is greater than your enemy. He will break the chains. But you got to come to Him. You know, you, you, may, you may be like Bentley was. Bentley didn't mean to get lost. Bentley got scared. 
big old explosion went off. He got terrified. He ran in his fear. And before he knew it, he didn't know where he was. He's just in the woods. And every time an explosion goes off, he just kept running. And he just kept running. And before you know it, he's a mile away from home over in a 200-acre block of woods all the way at the other corner. He did not mean to get lost. He had everything he needed there in the provisions of home. But he found himself out there in the world. Sometimes you and I didn't mean to get lost. The devil snuck in something that was innocent enough. We call stuff little white lies. That's not what God calls them. We, we call stuff little innocent sins. Some of them are called pet sins. And, and, and you thought it was just a little pet sin, and you thought, I'm stronger than that. It'll never take me any further. Can I tell you, every sin, you've heard it before, but sin will take you further than you were ever willing to go. It'll cost you more than you were ever willing to pay. And it'll keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. It'll take everything. It'll rob you from your strength. It'll rob you of your life. It'll rob you of the power of God in your life if you let it stay there. We didn't mean to get lost. But we were just as lost. God came here looking for you. Bentley might have been lost. But you can rest assured one thing. When he saw mom and daddy, he knew who to run to. This morning, you need to know who to run to. Don't, 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 don't be scared. Don't be scared to run to him. Don't, don't worry about people. Don't worry about circumstances. Don't worry about who might say what. This ain't about them. This is about you and your God. Let me ask you this morning. I, I talked to some of you a minute ago. If you've never trusted Christ, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't see your heart. Anybody this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You're still lost. You're still out there. But there is a Christ that came looking for you. And if you'll take one step towards him, he will run to you. He'll wash away every sin you've ever committed and every sin you're ever going to commit. Take away your past and give you a new home in glory. He'll change your eternity. He not only erases your past, but forever changes your future. But you've got to trust Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. If you're in here this morning, you've never trusted Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. You say, I, I don't want to go to hell. I'm not asking if you've been in church your whole life. I did that. I was in church my whole life. Didn't get saved. I was 23 years old. I'm not asking if you was in church. I'm asking if you trusted Christ. Do you remember when everything changed? Do you remember when old things passed away? Behold, all things became new. Do you remember that day? If you don't, are you willing to make today that day? Are you willing to say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner? There must be confession of your mouth. You must know that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. Some are just sinners saved by grace. Lord, I'm a sinner. You've got to admit, Lord, I'm a sinner. Father, I'm asking you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse my soul. Save my soul. In Jesus' name. It's not some magic prayer that won't get you saved. I'll be honest, if you trusted Christ in your heart, you were saved before we ever said a prayer. It's that moment when you realize you're lost and you need Christ and you turn your heart to Him. That's the moment you get saved. Must be a change of the heart. One more time, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins. 